we use our voice, we use our language as a way to project who we are and our identities. When it comes to stuttering, the, the, the person who stutters isn't entirely in control of how people perceive them. So the identity is left up to the kind of in the ear of the beholder, the ear of the listener. Um, and so that there might be times when a person who stutters, uh, their own social identity is at odds with the way people are perceiving them. Welcome to Some Stutter Law, Newfoundland Labrador's first podcast about stuttering. My name is Greg O'Grady, and I am a person who stutters and a co-host of Some Stutter Law, Newfoundland and Labrador's first podcast about stuttering, along with my co-hosts. And my name is Caitlin Mayo. I'm a future speech-language pathology student, and I'm Greg's co-host on this podcast. Some Stutter Law mission is dismantling and rebuilding stuttering. Let's start listening. Some stutter mandate is in the spirit of Newfoundland Labrador humor, robust and frank interactive discussions. Some Stutter Law podcast aims to rebuild confidence and hope for today's and tomorrow's person who happens to stutter by dismantling stuttering myths, stigma, stereotypes, and barriers. The objectives of Some Stutter Law podcast are supporting, raising awareness, and increasing understanding and acceptance of stuttering, providing people who stutter, their families, professionals, students, and the general public with current information, research, and resources about stuttering, and promoting advocacy and support for people who stutter. After a successful launch in season, it's time for a well-deserved Some Stutter Law break. This week's episode is the season finale of the first season of Some Stutter Law, where the podcast team will talk about where the podcast been and where we're going. We're joined by Dr. Paul Decker and Luca Dino, who are both members of our production team. Dr. Decker will provide us with a status update on the various projects that the NLSA Solidarity Collaborative Project is working on and to share any highlights in some study law in this past season. Paul, uh, could you provide us a status update on the various projects being worked on? Um, so we, we had a number of uh, projects uh, on, our, on our plate this year. Um, uh, so one, the first one was something we called the the science of stuttering, and that was a, a project to develop an open education resource um, that could be would be available online for um, students to use, uh, educators to um, implement into their into their courses. Um, but the idea behind it would, is that it would explain um, what stuttering is. Um, and kind of outline the history of, of research that's been done on stuttering. So uh, from, a, from a student point of view, it, it, it would take you into you know, the, some of the early days of, uh, of stuttering research and stuttering treatments as well, up to uh, current day uh, methods and, and theories about what stuttering is, uh, including the, the genetic components of stuttering. And, uh, and so this would be a piece of, 
um, an, an educational resource that's uh, available free for anyone to use online. And um, the cool thing about this is that it was it was funded by the Atlantic Open Education Resource Grant. This the the cool thing is that this project was funded. We had some money to uh, to hire um, a student to carry this out, and um, it was funded by the Canadian Association of University Libraries. So, a tip of the hat to uh, to this that association. Thank you for the for the funds. And so this will be something that's ongoing for the rest of the of this year, rest of twenty twenty one, and. I'll be um, implementing it in, into my classes uh, when I uh, go back to teaching in winter 2022. So that's a cool project that's um, that we've we've got a good start on, and uh, hopefully we'll finish up within the within the course of uh, the next few months. On to project number two, the the second. Um, study that we wanted to uh, to to get it started on this year was the um, stuttering and sociolinguistic identity project. So this was uh, a look at um, uh, people who stutter uh, at various uh, stages in their life, a younger group compared to an older group, and we would look for um, the lived experiences that people. Uh, who stutter, younger people who stutter, and older people who stutter um, uh, go through and, and experience as as as, uh, as they navigate the world uh, um, well, with with uh, with a with a stutter. And so, um, we we didn't get any funding for this yet. We're still seeking funding for it, um, but we would be looking at things like. Um, the challenges that uh, that that people who stutter face, um, because when you think about it, we use our voice, we use our language as a way to project who we are and our identities. Um, so, if you hear, heard uh, um, you know somebody from Newfoundland speaking with a with a strong Newfoundland accent, you'd be able to identify them as a as a as a person from from Newfoundland or Labrador. Um, when it comes to stuttering, um, what you know, you, you the, the the person who stutters isn't entirely in control of how people perceive them, right? So, um, so the identity is left up to the, in the it's kind of in the ear of the beholder, the ear of the listener, um, and so that there might be times when a person who stutters. Uh, their own social identity is at odds with the way people are perceiving them. So that's something that we wanted to tackle in in that study. Um, there's a bit of information, a bit of previous research on what's called a concealable and stigmatized identity, and we're looking to bring that framework into uh, into this uh, this project on um, social linguistic identity and stuttering. So. Uh, that project will go on. Um, still an interesting project, and I'll, we'll just uh, keep looking for funding and uh, cross our fingers. Um, something will something will pop up in the in the new year. And you keep saying we. Do you want to elaborate on what the group is that's working on this research with you? Yep. So this is the um, the uh, Newfoundland and Labrador Stuttering Association Collaborative, which is a uh, a group of uh, people who are joined together for uh, to to for advocacy and research on stuttering in Newfoundland and Labrador. 
So this includes people like um, myself, uh, other university students, students that I uh, work with, that I teach. Um, we have government, provincial uh, government uh, offices. Um, we have uh, people from the NLSA the, the itself. Um, and we, we have um, uh, permission from the school board, the uh, Newfoundland, uh, Newfoundland Labrador English School District, as well as Eastern Health to do uh, research um, with them. Now, we, we, we've, we've been working with them previously in, our, in, a, in a project that we're currently working on, which is the accessibility survey. And so the, the idea behind that is that we wanted to find out more information about the um, barriers that exist for people who stutter in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador for seeking um, uh, therapeutic or clinical uh, services for, for, for stuttering. Um, so oftentimes it, you'll find uh, in rural communities, there just aren't, there just isn't, isn't the, the resources available to have a, a speech language pathologist with working within the school or have them set up uh, in, the, in the local um, health clinic or the hospital or even in, in a private clinic. So this uh, disparity in, 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 in having some of these resources and services available to uh, people in urban centers um, is, uh, is an issue for people who aren't able to you know, get into, uh, let's say, St. John's. They live um, too far away to make it feasible to drive. So, um, so this survey that we're um, conducting now is a, is a way to understand what some of these barriers are for, uh, for those who may be seeking uh, clinical uh, and therapeutic treatment for stuttering. So this is all part of our, our larger uh, NLSA collaborative. And you can find out more information about the NLSA Collaborative at nlsacollaborative.ca. Paul, would would you uh, would you also provide us any, any highlights that you've noticed in the podcast this past season? The moment in uh, in some start of uh, this year for me for this season, um, when I think it was Michael and Cameron. Um, we're, we're, we're talking together. Um, and the, and it was, it was the whole idea that, um, Michael had about setting up a, I think what he called it was an, it was an ambassador, somebody within the school who is there for, uh, for kids who are facing, you know, communication, uh, impairments or, or stuttering, uh, specifically. And I just thought of how much of a, better world it would be if that was if if we had ambassadors like that and i think he called them um smile i stutter or they'd be wearing a pin that says smile i stutter um and i i just i just thought of how helpful that would be for uh for students who who may be um uh experiencing uh th those issues but also to kind of uh, just signal to other students that you know there are there are people out there to talk to, um, and, and it just to me it just seemed like something that was a no-brainer, um, and it's something that we should also be doing here and everywhere. 
Um, so I thank Michael for that idea and I hope, I hope it works out for him. And I, and, you know, I know we're all busy people, but if, uh, if there was any way any of us could, uh, or even some of the listeners could start uh, a project like that here in, in Newfoundland and Labrador, that would be an awesome thing to do too. Paul, in, in a, in, in an uh, ideal world, it'd be great that if, you know, that if we could, you know, like, uh, be able to gain access to the schools to meet with the principals, the teachers, guidance counselors, students, and parents to, to you know, to really ed, educate the uh, the school system about stuttering and the the you know 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 the importance of of, of you know of, of raising awareness, education, understanding, and and acceptance. And uh, but uh, but you know uh, but, but but unfortunately this you know this you know this you know this this is a continuing continuing challenge to judge to try to get gain access. So 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 I think where where we may need to work is to set up an arrangement with the principals to to to, to try to gain access to professional development days. Mm-hmm. And and so so I think that they, you know that you know that would be a sort of an in for us. And yeah, uh, so, 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 yeah, so, so really this, you know, this, you know, this, you know, this would be an opportunity to, 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 you know, to touch base with the teachers and, and hope, hopefully something like this as, as, you know, as an ambassador, a structure, a structure would, you know, would be able to be arranged, you know. Yeah. Or else, yeah. I mean, you know, we, you know, we, you know, we could try to have either one teacher or uh, a parent or, or, you know, or a student be, you know, be a, um, you know, be, you know, be an ambassador for us. Yeah. That's, so, you know, just that's, some that's a, that's a great idea. And probably maybe what we could do is check in with Michael, let's say uh, uh, next year and, um, and see how things are going on that front too. Maybe he'll have some just suggestions about how to um, how to approach uh, school boards and school officials uh, to to um, you know to to bring a program like that into the into the school system, um, you know, or even his his son may have some suggestions on how that might be perceived by other kids at the school too, um, and whether it's uh, something that would work out or whether uh, you know just exactly the. The logistics of making it work. We could, we could, we could learn a lot from uh, from Michael. I think. Well, mind you know, mind if I ask you one, you know, one question related to you know, to concealable stigmatized identity. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so you know, so all uh, you know, all, all, all phrase of this, you know, you know, Paul, how how important do do you feel that it it is to to obtain funding for this project to to, to support uh, people who stutter? Well, well, getting funding is um, it's in, it's ingrained into uh, the research culture, um, and so the idea behind that is uh, funding can can make the research process a little um, easier. Let's say. Um, you can hire research assistants to help you. Um, you can 
take your findings to conferences. If you need to travel to do that, you can, you'll have funding to, uh, to pay for those travel expenses. Um, and for the most part, it's a, it's a, it's a, an assistance, uh, issue. So you can hire somebody to help you, um, analyze data, collect data, um, go into communities and and, and schools, um, that, uh, you, you might not have, uh, time or me as the, as the primary researcher might not have time to, to go into, um, uh, by my, by myself. So having more people working is always, um, you know, helpful, but, um, I, I, I think projects can, uh, go ahead, um, with, you know, we have, we have a good group of volunteers, um, and if we have a gr good group of committed volunteers, lots of work can be done uh, through a research project that way. So uh, it would be nice, and it would be helpful, and it would look good uh, from the uh, from in, from inside the academic institution if uh, if every single one of your projects received lots of funding. Um, but I, th I think this issue here is is such an important one that I wouldn't be limited by uh, not having funding. So I would still, I still want to see it happen. I still, and I'm still committed to, uh, starting and, um, and getting, uh, the, the, the project off the ground. So, um, so luckily I have a, a sabbatical coming up in the fall where I can spend more time, um, focusing on the logistics of getting this project started. So exactly how we'd go out and collect data is something we'd have to, uh, spend a little more time on and who finding, finding, uh, uh, participants to engage with, um, in the, in the, in the project is something we have to identify too. So who, you know, who, who, who would we look towards to, uh, to study, um, uh, who, who, who's, who's going to be volunteering for, uh, our case studies, uh, so to speak. So, so all of those things, uh, they take time. And so again, this is probably why money is a good thing because you can, uh, pay, uh, uh, um, assistance to help work with you to, uh, to think about these things. Um, but like I said, it's, it's, it's such an important thing. Um, I don't want to see that lost because of something called money. Um, if we, we can still, I think we can still do it. Paul, you know, you know, like, you know, Having the you know the you know the you know the you know, the exposure to people who who started just you know listening you know listening to the various lived you know lived lived experiences of people who stutter, you know how, how important do you feel that 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 you know this this you know this project is is to people who stutter. So you're asking about do I think it will be useful for people who stutter, whether, whether, um, the effect of, of doing research could have, um, beneficial have benefits for, uh, for people who stutter. Um, I think so. I think there are, uh, lots of benefits that can come out of this. For instance, just being able to understand, um, for us from, from, from an academic and scholarly point of view, um, we don't know um, what, how language is used by people who stutter to 
create their identities. We've we're, there's a, there's been a lot of research done in sociolinguistics on uh, language and identity, and um, you know it goes without saying I think that all of these studies have been done on people who um, are completely fluent, who don't have uh, speech or language uh, uh, disorders or impairments. So the our understanding of how language and identity um, uh, work together is based on um, only a sm- only only some of our uh, population. So so how do these ideas and these models and these theories about language and identity um, how do they work for people who stutter? And we don't have any answers for that right now. So. Um, and just understanding the communicative um, uh, relationship between someone who stutters and their the person they're talking to um, uh, is an issue or an area of research that we you know don't really have a, a good understanding. So when, anything that when it comes to I'm, I'm not going to go so far to say we don't know anything about social the social life of uh, uh, of people who stutter, but the 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 emphasis of research on stuttering has been on um, therapeutic outcomes and therapeutic uh, um, models and theories, um, and we forget that these are these are people with social lives. Um, so I I think by focusing on the social interactions and the way um, people uh, who stutter engage in 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 um, in uh, conversations and in in social uh, dynamics is something that uh, we can shine a light on. Something that we have to do some more thinking and more research about. Um, so so I guess in one sense that I, I'm, I'm talking about the benefit it has for for uh, scholarly research research, but. Um, I'll leave that up to you guys to tell me what benefits might come out of, uh, out of a study like this for, for the individual, uh, or, or, or the pup community of, uh, of people who stutter in Newfoundland and Labrador. You see, Paul, as, as, as a person who, who has, you know, who, you know, who, you know, who has a history of, of, you know, of, of trying to, Trying to hide, hide, hide his stuttering, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you know, I, you know, I feel that you know this, you know, this project is 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 is, is very important because I feel that as you know, like you know, if if you know, like if people who stutter uh, try to continue to hide the stuttering, they you know they lose, you know, lose, you know, lose, you know, lose, you know. Lose the sense of identity in 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 individuality. It really sort of in 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 impacts one's quality of life. If if a person who stutters is covert, and 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 you know, I also feel that you know people you know people who you know who are over stutterers as well. You know, they tend to you know to to avoid some. Situations, mm-hmm. meetings, things like that. So, so I feel mm-hmm. the more the more research that that, that that you know that you know that is 
done in in this area will will, will you know will you know will not only benefit uh, scholars it will help you know help us as well as as people who who stutter as well hmm. to you know to un, you know to understand why you know why you know why we feel it is so important that to to, to, to you know to always to, to always to try to hide one stuttering mm-hmm. and uh, so anyhow so so, so uh, you know you know i you know we, you know wish you the back you know the the best of luck to get the funding because it, it is a very vital you know vital project right thank well thanks greg yeah that sounds good yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I hope I hope it gets funded. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that we should address is how much Samsarala has grown since it started. So, Greg, if mm-hmm. you want to talk about kind of how it started and how much it's grown since then, you want to elaborate on that a little bit because that's it's something that we should definitely it's it's grown a bunch. So, it's something we should definitely talk about. Um. You know the 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 history behind the this podcast is is in 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 twenty twenty when you know when COVID you know COVID started I you know I oh I wanted to you know to do something to to you know to you know to you know, to uh, support the stuttering community, and uh, and I thought about doing a podcast. And to be honest with you, I was I was very leery about do, you know do, you know doing a podcast because I wasn't assured by if you know if I could do it as a person who stutters. And so you know, so I, you know, I started the you know started back then. It was called a people who started have have a million things to say, and this this was a weekly podcast and uh, so so that went for about a year and uh, I, I, you know i asked you know you know i you know i you know i posted this podcast on the uh, the newfoundland and labrador stuttering association's website and when you know when i met uh, dr de decker uh, you know you know i had i had, had, had talked to 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 Paul about, you know, my you know my desire to to, to you know to expand it to to a larger audience, and uh, Paul you know Paul you know Paul had informed me that you know that that he had been doing an, an earlier podcast, and so 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 Paul you know Paul was you know was willing to work with me, and so so he he introduced me to uh, Caitlin, my co-host, and then Luca. And uh, so, so, and then we we started to brainstorm, and uh, so, uh, you know, some study law was born, and uh, so, uh, so, 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 really, uh, so we, you know, with you know, with you know, with you know, with uh, Kaylin's help, Paul's help, uh, and Lucas, and uh, you know, our two new members, Emily and Melanie. Uh, some stutter was, you know, has has really expanded a great deal, and the feedback has, has been uh, excellent. And uh, the you know, you know, the the audience, uh, the listener audience, has really grown, you know, significantly. And uh, it's you know, it, it 
really amazing how how we in a how I guess guess that 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 Caitlin and I interview use you know you you know use you know use this opportunity to to share their own personal you know lived experiences and the you know the various other professionals like speech language pathologists researchers. You know, it, it is. You know, I'm I'm also amazed with, with how much I'm learning as a, a person who stutters as well about stuttering, because they're, you know they're in a um, you know they, you know they, you know there there's so much to learn about stuttering that in in one sense we've only touched the surface of the iceberg, and uh, also this you know this you know you know what what we are doing as 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 a some stutter. Uh, Production team is so you know so important because we're really you know like you know laying you know laying the foundation of uh, of, of building awareness, education, acceptance of studying through the whole province. So so you know really you know although we've only started in February or March of this year, we've you know we've you know we you know we you know we have come a long way, but still still a long way to go. Do you have any thoughts, Caitlin? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we started, I hopped on a Zoom call one day and left the Zoom call host being the host of a podcast, which was really strange. Um, and even within the first few weeks, we had people reaching out to us saying like, hey, we want to be on your podcast. And we've had some pretty cool guests who've like reached out to us and asked to be on, which is really cool, um, which means the word is getting out there. And then Another thing that's happened since we started is we've been all over the local news, so that's kind of cool. Um, I know myself and Greg and myself and Brent, one of our uh, previous guests, we were on NTV. We've been in the Herald and in the Telegram and on the radio, which is kind of funny, but it's been really great. They've been really supportive in spreading the awareness uh, which has been really cool to see how that's kind of helped the podcast grow in the province. I've had people come up to me and be like, are you that girl with the podcast? I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so we have had quite a number of interesting guests on and I feel like we can do like a little bit of a recap, I guess, not of all the guests because we've had a lot. But let's we'll do a little bit of a recap on some of the guests and some of the main topics that have come from those episodes. So most of our earlier guests were, you know, from Newfoundland, but we kind of branched out after that. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to kind of jump in and <laughs> say anything, anything that they want to add about that some any you know highlights from the different interviews, things that they learned, guests whose interviews really like they enjoyed or something. If you guys want to share that, I'll, I have notes that I can share. You know, as as a person who who stutters, as you know, as I just said that you know, like I've you know you know I you know I you know I'm 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 learning a great deal about stuttering and you know. When I think back about my own personal history, of when you know when I started to, to you know to you know to um, re re you know, realize that I had a a a, a, a severe stutter stutter and, and how I started to you know to avoid stuttering, and then uh, and uh, then I, I you know I started to to you know to you know to 
seeker treatment. Uh, back then, you know, the uh, the focus was on fluency, and, and as a person who stutters, I feel fluency really is a bad word because I think it it it, it actually is, you know, sets up a person who stutters to it, it may cause more stress trying to be fluent, and then but I think the, the well well the trend nowadays is to manage one stuttering. But when you know when I started to, when I you know when I reflect on the various guests, the, the you know uh, 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 others sharing their lived experiences, people stutters, stutter the, the 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 researchers, speech language pathologists. I'm realizing, you know, the, you know, there's been so much focus on the stutter iceberg. Like we you know we actually talk about the tip of the iceberg, which is the the you know, the you know, the blocks, the repetitions, prolongations, which what I'm doing, which is the 10 you know, ten percent of the the stutter, and then we you know we also talk about the the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the below the surface of the iceberg, which is the uh, emotion component, the embarrassment, the shame, and the the you know 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 the anxiety related to stutter, which often you know like also sort of encourages or sort of uh, you know, well, it encourages and also forces people started to to try to hide their stuttering, whether they're overt or or, or covert stuttering. But I'm starting to realize that we 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 we're putting a lot of pressure on speech language pathologists to to you know, to you know to to become to to enhance their knowledge base about the uh, emotion component. But listen, you know, listen, you know, listen, you know, you know, listen, you know, listening to. A few of the uh, guests on on, on our uh, podcast, I realized that it it actually uh, takes a village. The old cliche, it actually takes a village to support a person who stutters, which means that now, and I realized that you know, there, you know, there, you know, you know, there's a definite need to become more aware of the need for you know, for you know, for more of an interdisciplinary approach. To, to 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 treatment and care of people who stutter, which means that you know we you know we as people who stutter we, we go through a lot of anxiety, which affects our, us in terms of mental health and well-being, affects our physical, uh, which means that it, it can easily add to depression, physical problems, stomach problems, things like that. It's all the anxiety. So so I'm realizing more and more that the importance of having like not only Speech pathologists to work with us to help managing our stutter, but also to have 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 doctors, researchers, um, drugs, just just to 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 try to I guess understand and and work with people who stutter. So it's, so it's just not a a, 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 a speech language pathologist. Um, uh, it's, it's not left up to speech language pathologists to uh, work with people who stutter. Those who choose therapy. But, but 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 I feel it it, it it is important for the whole team and and really Caitlin you know we you know we you know we you know we, you know, we interviewed Dr. Gerald McGuire on Monday of this week and he you know he you know he really opened my eyes to you know to more for the you know the uh, the need for an interdisciplinary approach you know various professionals coming come, you know, coming together to to collaborate to 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 help somebody who who, who stutters 
and 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 I'm I'm realizing as well that we you know we also you know we all you know you know you know we also talk about you know you know we also talked about acceptance of stuttering, and I think you know the most important thing is that you know for people stutter is that you know we you know we you know we you know you know we you know we all have our definitions of acceptance but i think we need to 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 understand what's going on inside and, and and to to you know to be able to to reach some sense of a comfort level with our stuttering and then not hide our stuttering so so i think you know this you know this you know this you know this is where we we need safe people to talk to this is where we need uh, the you know uh, you know, uh, uh, speech language pathologists, uh, psychiatrists. Um, you know, like <clears throat> you know, I'm also from the old school as well. I'm just gonna say, Greg. Greg gave an an unintentional teaser for next season because Dr. McGuire's episode won't be up until season two. So. Everybody stay tuned for a really exciting episode. Dr. Joe McGuire is a really big name in the in the field of stuttering research. And so that'll be a really exciting episode when that goes up. So, I mean, you know, so when, you know, when I think back and, I mean, you know, and, and uh, reflect on the various uh, live, you know, lived experiences of other people who stutter, you know, you know, I'm realizing that, you know, you know, speech therapy is important if 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 one chooses a therapy. But when we you know when all is said and done, we you know we you know we have to, you know we have to to reach some degree of uh, you know of acceptance. And I think this you know this is where we need to you know once once we reach you know reach that that um, degree of, of of acceptance, I think we you know you know we will start the the healing process, the recovery process of you know a good mental health and well being. You know, absolutely, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a one. I have a note here next to me of that I picked out. I went through all of the the recaps of the episodes, and I picked out the three main topics, I guess, of things that we kind of touched on in every episode. And they were acceptance and the emotional component of stuttering and awareness. And so you just hit two of them, the acceptance and the emotional component. And I think those are two really big ones that have been really important for us to address. And with that, we've also kind of addressed the importance of, you know, counseling and psychology and psychotherapy and things like that being implemented into stuttering treatment which is a really interesting topic for me because that's something that I'm really interested in. So as a student, it's been really cool to interview different researchers. Like we had Dr. Boyle and Dr. McGuire, whose episode will be in season two. And those have been really great interviews um, because I'm interested in research. And then also we've interviewed SLPs, which has been really interesting for me personally. Um, like we had Apparently everybody's named John, but we had John Garson and John Gomez. Those were two really great interviews. Um, and we had Kim as well. A bunch of really great uh, interviews with SLPs where I learned a lot about my own kind of uh, ways that I want to practice as an SLP in the future. But the biggest thing is listening to these people who stutter 
and listening to their personal stories and hearing them talk about the emotional component and their experiences and their levels of acceptance with their stutter. Because as somebody who wants to, you know, work with these people in the future and help them in the most efficient and effective way possible and kind of provide the support that they need most, you can't do that without hearing what they need most. And this is a great platform for me to hear that and talk to them. So that's been really, really cool and a really fantastic learning experience. And there's been, from each guest, I've learned so many different things because they're all very, very different and very different experiences. So like we had guests, we had people who stutter who are in Newfoundland. So I can kind of, you know, understand their stories a little bit more. Like we had Liz and we had um, Brent. And then we had Michael, who Paul mentioned, and he's in Texas. So that's a way different experience. And so it's been really cool that we've been able to kind of hear from people, I guess, all over North America right now, maybe the world eventually, um, and kind of hear their stories and their experiences as well. It's an incredible learning opportunity for sure for myself as a student and for any other SLP students and SLPs who have been listening to this for us to inform our practice. And then we want to step into the awareness side of things. The podcast itself is an incredible awareness piece. And so anybody listening to this from the general public is, you know, being, um, being given education and awareness and knowledge and things that they can take with them. But we've also had a lot of people on who have played key roles in promoting awareness and we talked to them about that. So we had people like uh, Dan Rossi, who's a podcaster and we had, um, different people for, uh, who made documentaries. So we had, uh, gosh, I'm not even, I have a giant list of names and I'm not even going to be able to remember them all. We had John and Ryan who were both created really wonderful documentaries, um, that helped with stuttering awareness and promoting acceptance of stuttering and were very widespread and well-known and did a lot of great things. Those were mostly in the States, but in Canada as well. And even in Newfoundland. Um, and so we had a lot of people on who talked about the importance of awareness and also people who helped contribute to that, you know, effort for awareness, which I think is really cool. So those are kind of the three main topics I think that we focused on the most. There's definitely other things like definitely I have a list of things I want to look into. Like I know at one point we talked about bilingualism and stuttering, which was a cool topic. And now I'm like, oh, I want to go research it. Or like, we had some topics, some people talk about relationships and dating or parenting, which have all been really cool topics that like, I know we all want to explore, I want to explore. But I think the three main things that we've been hitting on really hard have been uh, acceptance of stuttering, awareness of stuttering, and the emotional component of stuttering. And I think if anybody's going to take anything away from this podcast, those are kind of the three main things. I don't know if anybody else wants to kind of say their piece now. This hasn't been very conversational, but it's been a lot of talking outwardly. So I don't know if anybody wants to, to share their thoughts on that as well. You know, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the need for support is very important for people who stutter and, uh, but, but to see, uh, uh, people who stutter also have, you know, also, have every responsibility to, to also, you know, reach out to, you know, to, you know, to obtain the necessary support in terms of, you know, reaching out to to you know to share their thoughts, concerns about their stuttering, the challenges that 
more of their personal lives with, with somebody that they, they feel safe with. And, uh, you know, uh, supportive friends, families, and this is important as well for uh, people who, who started to attend, uh, uh, you know, support groups. You know, the, you know, the Newfoundland Labrador Association hosts a monthly support group for people who started as well as for parents. And uh, so, so, uh, so Caitlin, uh, you know, as, you know, as, as we, you know, we discuss some sort of law, we'll, we'll also be, you know, be putting, putting on a, in some workshops in, 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 in season two. And I think, you know, it, you know, we will have people back like uh, Dr. McGuire, and other other you know, specialists, and I think that you know that, that that the more that some stutter can do to really sort of educate the you know, the general public, the professionals, uh, uh, you know, the better for you know the better that you know we are for you know for raising awareness. And I feel that what you know what you know what uh, some stutter law is doing. We're also, you know, like, uh, you know, you know, you know, we're also creating a, a safe place, although it's, it's, it's virtual for, you know, people who started to come out and say, yes, I stutter. And, uh, the, you know, these, you know, these, you know, these, you know, these, you know, these are my lived experiences because I, you know, I feel the, you know, more, the more that we share our lived experiences as well as our, families as well and uh, you know about our experiences the more that we know we know we support and help help each other as well so 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 I feel that you know like uh, some studies really you know make you know is you know is making and has made significant strides in building awareness within Newfoundland Labrador. Absolutely yeah and with, with every guest we bring on we're building a community it's it's really cool to see and I mean I think back like I've I've referenced other guests in other episodes because I've heard their stories and then thought oh this applies to this person so it's it's really cool to kind of see how everybody the web kind of interconnects like the one thing I find really funny is so we did the episode with Ronan and I referenced an article and I couldn't remember the name or the author or anything but I was referencing a research study that had been done. And then I realized afterwards it had been done by Dr. Boyle, who was on the podcast a couple weeks later. <laughs> so I find that really funny how everything all kinds of connects and we were building a community of, of people who stutter and people who support people who stutter. So it's really, really cool. I don't know if you wanna share anything, Luca, behind the scenes, anything fun and exciting that you've learned having to listen and edit and all this stuff. There's definitely some like, you know, bloopers that come with our recordings if there's any funny stories i don't know <laughs> well one of the interesting things that i've uh, noticed when listening to the uh, podcast episodes and editing is that uh, a lot of the time there isn't necessarily a very an, a very noticeable difference between the disfluencies that people who stutter have and this influences the people who don't stutter have. So for a lot of the guests, if if you if I didn't know beforehand uh, that there were people who stuttered, I wouldn't have been able to tell. And so 
before before recording before working starting to work on the podcast i uh i don't think i i don't think i've ever met anyone who started before before working on the podcast but now that i've listened to the podcast i'm wondering maybe some of them did stutter maybe i have met people who stutter but i just didn't know and yeah so i guess working on the podcast and listening to the episodes and editing the episodes has made me more familiar with what stuttering sounds like whereas before i had no exposure to it whatsoever so yeah it's i guess it's raised awareness not just among podcast listeners but also me it's easier to tell when people are are hiding it and struggling to hide it mm-hmm. you know uh, one you know one thing that that that, uh, that i uh, you know like i've learned later you know learned either learned about myself is you know like uh, we always talk about the, the you know the lower part of the stuttering iceberg the below you know the below the surface and how how many you know many people deal you know many people i mean part of stuttering is the anxiety the depression the uh, uh the stress uh, the the fears about you know uh, uh, all you know all you know all of the what i call the you know the you know the you know the secret scaries you know within all all of the emotional component related to to stuttering but 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 I'm you know learning you know like you know like like I feel that you know often being people aren't aware of the severity of the impact of the emotional component the emotional component has on their quality of life. Now, so that, you know, I mean, this is the judgment call, you know, where is it, you know, is it feel that, that, that some people start maybe aware of, 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 of the emotion component, but, 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 but has chosen to avoid dealing with the emotions. Because I feel that, you know, for me, you know, for a person to, you know, to really, to, you know, to, you know, to really acknowledge the emotion component as well as to, to, to try to address it. You know that 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 it that can be a frightening place to go because you're you're dealing dealing with a lot of history here, a lot of history in terms of what what causes people to avoid dealing with the emotions, what what causes people to avoid situations. But 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 I think for you know for you know for recovery, I mean, it's important for people who started to really acknowledge this area. And uh, because you know, it, 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 it does impact, impacts one's quality of life and impacts one's personal relationships, professionally, personally, uh, affects one's uh, decision-making, career choices. So, you know, so I find that, that with me, you know, you know like for, you know, for, for, you know, for a number of years, I actually, you know, I actually avoided Going to that that you know that dark place that is the you know the you know the you know the you know the secret scaries I call them. But 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 I find that the more that I'm listening to other people share their own lived experiences, you know like it's helping me to 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 really to 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 also address these areas you know within you know within myself, and I think the. It's almost like a, uh, 
cathartic experience or not, not perhaps I'm using the wrong word, but it's almost like a healing experience because I find that what you know, you know, as as I mentioned before, some stutter is is you know you know some stutter has created a, a safe space for all people who stutter to come be open and honest and 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 to uh, to you know to you know to to share their own feelings about stuttering. So I think it it is you know it is a big step for a lot of people here. If that makes sense. For sure, yeah. I, I hadn't even really thought of about it like this. I mean, I knew there was obviously the emotional component and then the stutter, but it's kind of like there's like almost a double stigma because we, we always talk about the stigma attached to stuttering, but there is also a stigma attached to mental health and mental illness. And so if you're a person who stutters and you're already experiencing stigma because of your stutter and then you want to also seek treatment for a mental illness or a mental health problem, then that's just an added stigma. And that's, I can't even imagine how difficult that would be. And I haven't thought about it like that before, how, how there's just an, and then another layer of stigma associated with living as a person who stutters, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that, that we've been able to create this safe space for people. And even for you, Greg, to kind of continue or start on a healing journey or a path to acceptance, I guess, because we've had people come on the podcast at all different levels. We've had people come on and say they're at, you know, they're a nine on a scale from one to 10 on how much they accept their stutter. And we've had people say that they're like a three. So we've had people from every, every different walk uh, come on and every different place in their journey towards acceptance. And I, I hope, and I think that we've kind of been able to help them move forward on that journey. So one thing I did want to ask Luca, did you notice when when Dan, when we did the interview with Dan, he complimented our intro music. And I thought, as you're never on the podcast. So people probably, if they don't look, read the little bio, they might not know that it's your own music. So that's kind of cool. Just wanted to throw that out there since you're actually on the podcast right now. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a rare opportunity. <laughs> I come up from behind the scenes. Yep. The man behind the curtain. <laughs> All right. So is there anything else you wanted to touch on, Greg, before we kind of talk about where we plan to go for the rest of the summer, what we're planning to do, and when we plan to, to pick up for season two? No, I, I'm I, I'm fine with, with that, Caitlin, you know, and, uh, and, you know, will, you know, will, you know, you know, will, you know, we also mentioned the possibility of us doing like more, more of a, a visual you know, mm -hmm. like a, 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 a visual, you know, in, in, in incorporating that down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have lots of exciting things planned. Um, right now, we're taking a break after this weekend, a short break for the summer. There is going to be maybe some bonus content coming up uh, throughout the summer, but our official start date for season two is tentatively and most likely going to be September 19th. Um, and that's when we'll start up season two with regular uploads on Sundays like we've been doing. Um, on top of that though, there will be some exciting events and things like that. Um, we're looking to try and do some live recordings so that you can actually see our faces, which would be cool. And some different workshops and more interactive things to kind of try and get our guests and our listeners and everybody interacting and sharing their stories and knowledge and just making sure that we're impacting as many people as possible. So we've got lots of exciting plans for that. 
coming up as well. Well, in in in, in closing, you know, some sort of law is 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 an epic project. Uh, is is an epic project project, and it has been an epic project. And uh, so, so you know, launch launch launching and producing of some sort of law takes a lot of commitment time tireless effort and work with you know with you know with a great amount of sincere gratitude and appreciation to the some stutter law production team our some stutter law guests and and our community listening audience allies and friends you know for your you know your ongoing contributions in supporting some stutter law mission and mandate of raising awareness, education, understanding, and acceptance of stuttering. Without you, there, you know, there would be no way. Together, we, uh, we help make life-changing changes for people who stutter, providing better overall health and wellness and quality of life at home, school, work, and within the community of people who stutter and their families. And also, also a, 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 a special thank you to you know, to the Some Stutter Law production team. The, you know the 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 Some Stutter Law production team consists of six volunteers: Dr. Paul Decker, associate professor of linguistics at Munn, and four Munn students. And which in a in a which in a you know I am out of these six volunteers of some sort of law production team that stutters. So so I you know I am the only all you know only person that stutters amongst this team. So so you know Dr. Dr. Decker, Caitlin, Luca, Emily, and Melody do not stutter. I am in awe of these five individuals that do not stutter, who have taken the time away from their individual personal, professional, and student lives to volunteer, and I stress volunteer, their services and time to advocate and support the stuttering community and their families in Newfoundland and Labrador. So you you know, you were five awesome in, individuals. So thank you very much, production team. So uh, uh, until September, in, in, enjoy your summer, take care and be safe. Thank you all very much. Some Stutter Love, Newfoundland and Labrador's first podcast about stuttering has so much to talk about. Let's start listening. This has been an episode of Some Stutter Love, Newfoundland and Labrador's first podcast about stuttering. Some Stutter Love, is hosted and produced by Greg O'Grady, Caitlin Mayo, Emily Murphy, Melanie Crane, Dr. Paul DeDecker, and Luca D. Some Stutter La is available on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. You can also check out the Some Stutter La channel on YouTube to ask a question, send us a comment or suggestion, or just to get in touch. Find us online at Some Stutter Podcast on Instagram or Some Stutter Love Pod on Facebook.
Thanks for listening.